Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. There. So, hope you're all well. I know there's a bit of sickness going around. I know there's uh, flu and sniffles and all kinds of things, but it is so brilliant that you are here. We're continuing our series called Wavelength. And this series is all about us tuning in to the spiritual and supernatural dimension, which we believe and we know is just as real just as authentic as the natural dimension. It's just that we can't see it. There's a sense within us that there are things going on that we can't see. And as Christians, it is deeply ingrained in what we know about the life of Jesus, what we know about the life of the early church, that God has called us to understand and operate in the spiritual dimension. Now, I don't know if uh, many of you know, I grew up in Thailand. And uh, so when I was 9 to 16 years old, my parents were missionaries in Thailand. And there's one thing that I uh, miss about uh, living in Thailand, which is a little bit of an unusual thing, but that thing is firecrackers. So when I was uh, in Thailand, you could go to the local shop. There are a couple of unusual things about at that stage. I don't know if they do all of these things uh, right now, but if you went to a local shop, and you got a lemonade or a Coke, they would put it in a plastic, they would pour the bottle in a plastic bag with ice. Has anyone ever had that experience in Thailand or Asia? And then they would keep the bottle and recycle the bottle. Um, So they would do that. So that was an unusual thing. So you could go down and you could usually have like a couple of baht, which is the currency over there, and you could buy... Uh, lollies and you could buy soft drinks and it was like very cheap. So even if I had a little bit of money. Now, the thing that I used to love to go and buy, and I'm not sure the parental decision-making process around this. My parents are a part of this church, so you can ask them later. I don't really, it was just normal to me. So I would go and buy firecrackers and I would uh, get them and then I would just let them off whenever I wanted in the street. I remember one time you know the ones that are, I don't know if you've had much history with firecrackers. I, I believe that we should sign a petition to get more people having more firecrackers. Bring, bring firecrackers back to Brisbane. We could get hats made and merch. But anyway, um, they had the ones that are all connected on the fuse. And then I remember taking those ones off the fuse and lighting them individually and having them explode in my hand. So that was something that was very unique about Thailand. The other thing that was really unique about Thailand was that most houses and most properties had spirit houses. There's a picture here, again, if you've traveled or been on holidays. So they would have these uh, shrines and they would put uh, sometimes flowers, you can see sometimes fruit, and they would make an offering to appease the spirit. So there was a fear of 
spiritual power there, and there definitely was uh, spiritual powers at work. So Thailand is a Buddhist country, but it's really a, a combination of Buddhism and animism. So they believe in spirit worship and also in Buddhism. And so this was a feature. Now, Thailand, because of this, one of the reasons, it was a very spiritually alive and spiritually charged place because of all this spirit worship. In the Bible, I don't know if you've ever read the story of the Apostle Paul going to a place which is in Greece nowadays uh, called Ephesus. And in Ephesus, Paul goes into this uh, environment and this city, about 250,000 people, has the temple of Artemis or Diana, which is, if I give you size, uh, size-wise, it was about the size of the grass on Suncorp Stadium. That's how big it was. And it was made of marble. They used to have all these um, uh, priests and pre- priestesses, a little bit too much information, but priests would enter into the service of uh, Diana or Artemis, often by self-castrating. Uh, yeah, TMI, you can look that up in your own time. And the reason that they would do that is that they believed that Artemis or Diana had the power to take life and the power to give life away. So Ephesus was this place that was spiritually charged. Even we read this story in Acts where uh, Paul starts to move in supernatural power and demonic forces are being displaced and people that are under the oppression and influence of evil spirits are being set free. But there's this group of uh, Jewish people who decide to get on the party and they try to pray for some somebody to release them from an evil spirit. But the person says, hey, I know Jesus. I know that Paul operates in the power of Jesus but I don't know you. And there were seven uh, brothers that tried to pray for someone and, and release them from an evil spirit. And this uh, spirit, uh, this guy that was oppressed by an evil spirit had this power and he beat all seven of them up. So this is what's going on in the city of Ephesus. We read in the book of Acts. Eventually, the whole city start, starts to turn And they have this mass burning of their scrolls, of all their witchcraft, of all their sorcery, modern day value, probably about $12 million worth of scrolls and sorcery, alive with witchcraft and all kinds of things. And so what we see is that Paul goes in and as he teaches people, as as people are baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, They begin to exert spiritual authority and the Holy Spirit begins to change hearts individually in such a way that the whole city gets changed. Demand for idols and idol worship plummets and they start people in that sector of the economy start to riot because the whole city is being disrupted. So this is part of the the story of the history of the church. We see Peter describing the work of Jesus in Acts chapter 10, 38. And he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. 
So we see in the early church, in the life of Jesus, in the life of the disciples, that they were operating in this spiritual dimension with power. Now we get to Australia, to Brisbane. It's cold. It's a Sunday morning and some of us are struggling to make the connections and some of us are saying, what relevance does that have to do with me and my life? Because in our Western society, we have this gravitational pull towards what we would call is we could be material rationalists. We only believe in what we can see. If I can't see it, if I can't see a cause and effect, only what the eye can see, only what the ear can hear, that's what I will believe in. Now, a lot of us, we adopt that into our Christianity and we leave everything at a transactional, rational, material level and we aren't aware and don't operate at the spiritual level that God has called us to operate in. And some of us, we're... We're not even, practically, we don't even believe in spiritual forces and in the devil. This is what C.S. Lewis says. He says, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve their existence. The other is to believe and feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. And you would understand that our culture, in some respects, if you look at our media, some of the biggest TV shows, they're all about the supernatural. So we've got people who are excessively interested in the supernatural and people that deny deny the supernatural is real. And sometimes they're the same people, if that makes sense. And so we understand that God hasn't called us to be uh, hypersensitive. I uh, know someone and they had a spider on their car and they said, I believe that that's a, a demonic attack. I'm pretty sure it was just a spider. And some people have more fear of spiders than others. And so we don't go around just thinking that everything is the devil trying to attack us. But neither do we believe, do we walk around saying that the supernatural is not real and spiritual forces are not at work. You know, by the grace of God in this church, we have seen people be set free from spiritual oppression. And people who have opened themselves up, sometimes innocently, to demonic forces, maybe through psychics, maybe through seances, maybe through Ouija, And the Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, it says, Do not give the devil a foothold. So today we're talking about almost like an introductory, for some of you who have not been exposed to this, to the power of the devil and demons that can exist and the power that we have through Jesus Christ. And so the devil can only have power that we give him. Demons can only have power that we give him. And sometimes there are ways that we can unwittingly open the door to the influence of the demonic in our life. Now, what we do is through the power of the Holy Spirit, we shut that door, we remove that foothold, that stronghold, and we open ourselves up to Jesus. Now, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
So some of you, even in your Christian life, have not experienced the supernatural or have not probably come to a point where you haven't recognized that there are spiritual forces at work. And let me tell you the situation and the circumstance where you will start to sense and be aware and see spiritual forces at work. The situation and circumstance is when you start to take spiritual ground. When you start to exercise your spiritual authority, when you start to move forward in the things of Jesus, when you start to say, hey, God, I'm, I'm going to push forward. I'm going to take ground for myself, for my family. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to just live beyond myself and push forward that when you start to push, when you start to lean into God, when you start to lean towards your purpose and your destiny, that's when you will face opposition. So sometimes we don't face spiritual opposition because we're not taking any spiritual ground. Does that make sense? But when we lean into God and when we set our hearts on becoming free and seeking the spiritual freedom of those around us, that is when we are going to face opposition. And this is so important. This is so important for you. This is so important in your family. This is so important for you overcoming your past. This is so important for us as a church, that we have people that are willing to fight spiritual battles and take spiritual authority for each other. Do you know that in a local church, we have a responsibility to each other? We have a connection to each other. So Mike, my friend Mike, legend of a guy, I've got a responsibility to Mike to pray for Mike, to champion Mike, to see him be everything that God has called him to do. And he has that same responsibility to me. And this is what it means that we have a responsibility to take spiritual ground together as a local church community. Here's what I want to say for those who are in family. You have a spiritual responsibility for your kids and for those that you live with, whether they're housemates, roommates, um, husband and wife, children, whatever it is, to be alert and to be on God on guard that from time to time, you will face spiritual opposition. Uh, a couple of years ago, probably maybe even about maybe even about five or six years ago, uh, one of our children, Joe, he used to get sick with tonsillitis. And this happened once and he'd recover. And then about three or four months later, he'd be out for like a long time, like super high temps. He's, he'd be in bed you know, with young kids when they just lose all their energy and they just want to lay down. And this was a pattern that was happening over and over again. And probably it was about even the fourth time that it had happened in a short amount of time. And I really felt that God was calling me to take spiritual authority over what was happening. There was a spiritual element. Now, I don't believe that every sickness has a spiritual element to it. But I do believe that as you do the journey of life with Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to give you awareness in times where you need to take spiritual authority over something. And so I got to a point with Joe where I took spiritual authority over what had happened, what was happening. And do you know what happened? 
nothing because I felt like I was praying, but I didn't get a breakthrough. And so you know what I did? I felt like I was kind of like I used to, when I was in Thailand, I played baseball for a little while. And I was at, at that point and I was, I was striking out. I was praying, but I was striking out. And so I kept praying the next day. And then as I prayed one time, I felt hard to describe this change. And I felt like spiritual breakthrough had happened, that that spiritual opposition was, was diminished and that there was a breakthrough. And so I remember this, I, I prayed over uh, Joe when he was asleep in his room and I came out and I said to Beck, that's finished, that's done, we won't, we won't encounter that anymore. The next day he woke up, he was fine, it's never happened to him again. Now here's the thing, here's the thing. Sometimes it's easy to say, well, you're a pastor, you grew up in a church family, your parents are great prayers, they've seen miracles, all that kind of stuff. That's not how Christianity works. Christianity is first generation. So with all respect, I honour and love my parents. But what my parents have done, I'm thankful for their legacy. But it is not enough for me. It does not mean that my life will see any spiritual breakthrough, that I will go to heaven, that I will live my, par- live my purpose, because Christianity is first generation. Now, I'm so grateful for how they've come in their first generation, in, uh, in rural uh, New South Wales, in Tamworth, the things that God has shown them. But I want to say that God has called each and every one of you to step into the story of your life. And for, you to, and for us to say, well, oh, I, I, I don't have that heritage or I didn't grow up in, the, in a Christian home, it doesn't matter. You have everything that you need in the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God that God has placed within you to live you, to live the life that He has called you to live. I want to to just pause on this because for some of you, it is a barrier to your spiritual growth, your history, your parents, who you grow, grow up with, your circumstance, Maybe, maybe your family was separated. Maybe they had no knowledge of God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't define you. What defines you is your identity in Christ. And as you have a spiritual identity in Christ, there is a birthright that gives you spiritual power to operate in the supernatural. And I want to encourage you that this is the time for us as a church, for you and your family, to push past the excuses, to push past the limitations and say, as for me and my house, even if you're living alone as a uni student or if you've got family, if you've got kids, as for me and my house, we are going to serve Jesus. Jesus is going to be the authority. There's going to be an open heaven over our lives. We're going to live under the peace and blessing of God. Because I want to tell you, it is by the cross and the work of Jesus that every generational curse is broken. Every authority, every spiritual power is diminished. And just because your parents did something or didn't do something, it does not matter because you have a new family and a new connection and a new identity in the body of Christ. And I want to encourage you. I want something to stir up within you to say, I'm not just going to live this life without 
pushing into Jesus and without taking hold of the spiritual freedom that is available to me through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because this is what it means. The Apostle Paul, his letter to the Ephesians church, remember this same Ephesians church with the big temple, with the evil spirits, with all the, the castrated priests, right? Crazy place. Ephesians six twelve. this same place. This is what Paul says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So this is what Paul is saying. Now, this in, if you read the book of Ephesians, he talks about a lot of things. He talks about healthy families. He talks about healthy marriages. But he's saying that we need to be spiritually aware and we need to adopt a a posture where God calls us to take ground and break ground and be aware that anything that is of good and anything of God is going to be opposed. I want to say that again. Anything that is good and God in your life will be spiritually opposed. If you are making ground, if you are, have set your heart, if you are spiritually hungry, if you've decided to 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 pursue a life of Jesus and you're experiencing opposition, if you're experiencing tiredness, if you're experiencing opposition in your life, then I want to say this is to be expected, but God wants you to break through. Now, let me read our key text. And I want to share a very simple thought, one simple thought, particularly about the demonic and evil powers, right? Romans 8, 37, again, the Apostle Paul says this, Know in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to, to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to give you a simple perspective that is going to give you peace and empower you in the area of spiritual warfare and spiritual forces. Now, look at that list of those things. What do they all have in common? Life, death, angels, demons, present, future, power, height, depth nor anything else in creation. All of those things are created things. And what Paul is saying is there is a contrast between creator God and created things. And that's the first thing that we need to know about the demonic, that we are connected to the creator. And there is a clear distinction between creator and created and it just lists the demonic powers, whatever they may be, and demons as here is another created thing. And the purpose of those created things is what? Is to separate us from the love of God. And here is the purpose of the demonic. The purpose of the demonic is just to separate you from the love of God. But Paul is saying it is just a created thing. The demonic will use fear 
and deception. It will be darkness masquerading as light. It often comes as the promise of spiritual power, the promise of spiritual peace, the promise of spiritual insight, but with strings attached that will try and limit you, will try and poison you, will not deliver on its promises. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 12 that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And sometimes the devil and demonic will seed our thoughts and limit us and say, God can't really love you. You can't really go forward in your faith. Your past has limited you. Your family has limited you. You are not able to go forward in the things of God. And the devil will sometimes seed us with those things. But here we see creator versus created. And the challenge that tries to come to connect us to stop our connection with the love of God. Now it's interesting in that passage, we'll put it back up, that the Apostle Paul bundles a whole bunch of things together, right? A whole bunch of created things that you probably wouldn't see death and life on the same list. You probably wouldn't see angels and demons on the same list, right? But what Paul is saying is don't let any created thing limit you from the love of God. Can I just pause to say that for most of us, the thing that is limiting us, our connection with God, the love of God is not demons. For most of us, it's life. Actually, the cares and worries of life. Do you know that particularly in this time, unprecedented time in history, in in recent history, where we are dealing with so much um, anxiety and uncertainty. We've had the the headlines just begin to shift from global pandemic to global war to global recession. Does anyone feel really peaceful as they read the news? They (laughs) flick through Apple News. Gosh, God is good, right? But also, I think for many of us, we have been in a season where we have just been taxed physically and emotionally and mentally. Can anyone agree that this is a time where we feel pressured and stretched? And there are certain things in life, that certain seasons, that will try and take you away from the love of God. That that distraction... I don't know about you, but after a busy day where I haven't stopped until 8.30, 9, 9.30 at night, often the last thing that I feel like doing is connecting with God. It's the last thing. But God says that life can disconnect us from His love. It's a created thing that can disconnect us from His love. There's probably some certain situations that make you frustrated for me, that there's, there's a couple of days a week that I take our kids to school and there's this like 15 to 20 minute zone of trying to get them in the car that just, I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter how much I prepare. I just end up saying the same thing over and over, getting louder. Get your shoes on. Put on your shoes. Grab your shoes, buddy. Where are your shoes? 
Or you'll say, you'll get up early and you'll go, okay, I want you to get ready. So they'll go to their room about 25 minutes later. They'll come out in their jammies. And I'll say, did you get ready? Oh, I've been playing Lego. Oh, did you want me to get ready? Oh, I, I, I can do that. And then you're in the car and you're driving and then like, oh, I forgot my guitar. I forgot my hat. I forgot my water bottle. Or you'll be like, 750. I need a costume today. I forgot to, can you, can you do up a, a quick costume for me? Or I've got a presentation today and those things, uh, to be honest, it doesn't produce a love of God. It produces a frustration. Now, I know better. I'm expecting it. A version of the same thing happens every day. But unless I'm connected to God, that frustration will get the better of me. And here's what I want to say, that the version of you that the world needs is a version that is deeply connected to the love of God. That is deeply, not casually connected, not occasionally connected, but the version of you so that when you're under pressure, when you can't find that shoe or that sock and you make them wear one that's dirty, that smells, hack, parental hack, <laughs> that you're ready, that you're ready to allow the love of God to flow from you. Here's a quick question. What's separating you from God's love? In a moment, probably just a couple of minutes, I'm going to open up. I'm actually going to pray for anyone who feels like they have spiritual oppression because our God is, is powerful and we're going to see things broken. It's, it's quite simple. You just take authority over those things, right? But today, specifically for you, what is separating you from God's love? Is it your perception of your family growing up? Is it your circumstance? Is it the things that you're doing that you know that you shouldn't do but you're doing anyway? Is it fears? Of the future? Is it failures of the past? Is it fears of failures? Any kind of combination. What is it from you? Here's what we want to say Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing and no thing. Let me make this specific to the demonic and to the devil. No devil, no demonic thing can separate you from the love of God. And so for us as a church, we're in a season of taking spiritual ground. We've just done prayer and fasting as a church, and uh, we're on this series about uh, the supernatural and spiritual. All kinds of crazy things are happening. I'm not surprised, right? Because we are taking ground. Here's what I want you to understand. As you start to take ground spiritually, you may encounter spiritual opposition. Just keep going and have a confidence. The Apostle Paul says this, I'm convinced that nothing and no thing can separate me from the love of God. And so when you're in a situation, you feel that, you say, God, what are you, what, how, how, did, how does your love, 
How's me partnering with you, receiving your love, going to help me to overcome this situation? There is a great sense of peace. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a very spiritually charged uh, situation where it was obvious that there was a presence, there was demonic presences, right? I'm not at all concerned about that because in Jesus, we have the victory in that time, that position, I want to do what I can to help somebody get spiritual freedom through the love of God and the power of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite Naomi to come up. Paul says this, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. That's what he says. And I want to encourage you, firstly, just to lean into God and to live in a way that you are convinced that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Here's my hope. If I could walk, if you could walk out of here, if I could walk out of here today, what I believe that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart is for us as a church to stir up a passion for friendship with God. That we wouldn't see friendship with God as a burden or as an inconvenience. That we wouldn't find every reason to avoid connecting with God. But God would, we would allow God so graciously to connect with Him, to prioritize it. Not out of religious obligation, not out of guilt, but out of this idea that it is with God, it is through God that I become who God has called me to be. That I can show up for the people around me in grace, in love. And you know, sometimes our connection with God, we are, like I described earlier, we can be so busy, we can be frazzled. And sometimes our connection with God, it is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise. It is a choosing of God, is an elevating God above created things. It is an elevating friendship with God above friendship with Netflix. It is an elevating of friendship with God above extra time in bed is an elevating of friendship with God with other things that so easily distract us. And I want to say for those, particularly in a busy time, those couples, I want to say encourage and champion each other to spend God, time with God. Just say, hey, why don't you take some time? I'll look after the kids or I'll do this. Why don't you do that so that you can connect with God in a way that brings life to your spirit, in a way that changes your thinking, in a way that changes your words, in a way that decreases your frustration. And I hope and my prayer is that you view our friendship with God and your friendship with God as priceless as valuable, as the greatest gift that God could bestow mankind. This is what Jesus came for. He came to allow us to reconcile us 
to God. Let's pray together. God, your word says that nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us. No created thing, Lord, no demonic presence, How e- even how fearful we may be, how evil it may be, how oppressed we may be, how linked to our generations it may be. Nothing can separate us. No evil presence, no created thing, no issue of life. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just sweep across this room and draw hearts to you. Lord, that we would see you as priceless, that we would see our friendship with God as worthy of our time, worthy of our sacrifice. And God, we thank you and we honour you for this in the name of Jesus. Right now, I want to take a minute. I ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. And uh, I want to pray for a couple of people just where you are. I believe the Holy Spirit is just going to release supernatural power. But if you feel like you are experiencing spiritual opposition, maybe you're new to the whole concept. Maybe you're like, I'm not really sure, but I'm kind of like 80% sure. There's something going on. To you Spiritual opposition to you making progress in your life or for you believing for someone else's progress. You want to grow. You want to move forward, but you feel like there's a resistance. That's you. Can you uh, put up your hand? It's a really common thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, all all over the building, the presence of God. If there's any of you, you believe that there is something that you may be not sure but has come through the generations. Maybe some of your parents were involved with. Again, pretty common. I don't need to list that. But you, you feel like there's something that's limiting, even a pattern. You've noticed a pattern of re- repeating behavior. If that's you, would you put up your hand? I want to pray for you as well. Yeah. Okay, we're going to pray. For those of you who know how to pray in this zone, I want you to join your faith because we believe that the Holy Spirit is going to sweep across this room. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus that the cleansing flow of the river of God would break off in the name of Jesus, would break off addictions. Thank you, God. Lord, would break off generational patterns. Lord, would break off deep patterns of spiritual depression that limit thinking. Lord, that would break off the trauma of of broken households, of domestic abuse, domestic violence. Lord, and I pray right now, those that are seeking to take spiritual ground, those that have 
said, hey, I'm not going to settle for a life without Jesus. I'm not going to settle for a life without spiritual freedom. I want everything that God has got for me in the name of Jesus. We just release the power of the Holy Spirit right now, right now, all across this building, all across this building right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Those that are praying with me, come on, we're going to pray just for a minute or so more. The Holy Spirit is going to release something, release something. Lord, we say there's an open heaven here that no spiritual power can oppress or depress or limit in the name of Jesus. God, we honour You. We honour You. We honour You. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Lord, we pray that Your Holy Spirit would stir up hearts to view Your friendship as priceless. To view Your friendship as priceless. To view connection with You and Your love as the greatest gift that it is. The power of the Holy Spirit bringing us to relationship with God. And we thank You for that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In a moment, I'm going to invite uh, Steph up. She's going to let us know a couple of things. We're also going to open the altar. And if you want um, some prayer about anything that we've mentioned, uh, I'm going to be here, a couple of other people. Uh, Pastor John is going to be here as well. Do you know, I want to encourage us, and I said this before, we have a responsibility for each other to get alongside someone and as much as they want it, to help lead them into spiritual freedom. That's a big part of what church is. That's not just for me. It's not just for you. But we as a community, we say, hey, if you want help to lead to spiritual freedom, this is the right place because we are going to stand with you as long as it takes. Or if God does it in an instance, whatever it is to see spiritual freedom. God bless. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.